Welcome to The Good Night Show. I'm Shay Morrison, sleep expert and co-founder of The Good Night Co. Join me each week for hints and tips on all things sleep. Welcome back to The Good Night Show. On today's episode, I'm talking to Jack Lewis, one of the co-founders of The Broad Place. The Broad Place is a global school sharing ancient knowledge and modern neuroscience, tools and experiences for higher grade living. Being a Broad Place student myself, I am excited to speak from experience in this episode about the importance of meditation and how it can help with sleep. Apart from her teachings, we talked to Jack about her airtight sleep routine, why meditation plays such a pivotal role in her life, and of course, how meditation and sleep work hand in hand. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Jack. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Certainly the Broad Place and your teachings, uh, your courses are something that I have uh, personally been able to do firsthand uh, along with my daughter. And I really love the approach to the integrative meditation practice and find it Um, I'm not going to say easy, but I find it very effective and achievable for me. Uh, So thank you. And I'd love to welcome you here today. And the first question I have is, um, how did you sleep last night? (laughs) Thank you for having me. Um, I slept brilliantly last night, actually. And I think with all the energy that's happening um, across the planet right now, everyone's sleep has been a little bit disturbed. So um, I'm coming off the full moon over the weekend. So that last night was a brilliant night's sleep. Oh, great. And is that, do you, do you generally find that you have good sleep? I do. I'm pretty pedantic about prioritizing my sleep and ensuring that I have really healthy sleep hygiene and a really airtight, um, like sequence before I go to bed. So no phone and no technology the hour before bed most of the time and going to bed around the same time every night I, I, I mean I'm in bed at least by nine usually because I like to wake up early so generally I have great sleep as long as I stick to that program <laughs> it gets disturbed with jet lag and travel and late nights sometimes but on the whole I'm, I'm pretty much prioritizing my sleep oh we love to hear that it's 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 the dream you know and I, I do think that we, we have so many people who struggle with sleep and it is such a big problem. And, um, you know, I really feel for people who do struggle with sleep and for, and there are so many different reasons, but I think you nailed it. It's one of the things that we often talk about at the Good Night Co is that it is so important that you have that routine and that structure and that it's, that it's mindful that, that you are thinking about your bedtime, your wake time, your routine, the lead up to. Um, so well done to you because obviously it makes a difference. I'm sure that your meditation practice helps as well. Yeah. And look, it's been years and years of refining it. So I'm 40 and from about the age of 15, I think I was generally speaking allowed to sort of govern my own sleep patterns and routine. So that's 25 years of trial and error to get to a place now where I feel really confident with my sleep and the things that support me in being my best self. So that's obviously also my meditation, eating well, hydrating, exercising. And given the work, the level of the work I do and the types of people that I work with, you know, they have to be at their absolute A game. I'm there to support them, do that, to be their most kindest, compassionate, creative, dynamic selves. So therefore, 
really have to set the tone (laughs) by making sure that I'm really, really aligned to the best part of myself. And so, yes, sleep is just an absolute, I I can't, I just know who I am if I'm tired. Um, and it's, it's miserable. I, I mean, I really feel like we see it in little kids, you know, you see a little kid when they're exhausted and they're horrible to be around. And I think as adults, we learn to sort of mask that a little bit or create socially acceptable behaviors around um, our being really tired when at the end of the day it's just a problem I think that's easily solved by getting good quality sleep rather than trying to you know spin all the plates around it. That's right and you know I I definitely feel that it's um, being talked about more in society than than ever before and you know certainly the badge of honor of not having a lot of sleep is dissipating which is fantastic Um, and the more that we can create the awareness about the benefits of sleep but as you mentioned the quality sleep um, it will make such a difference in society yeah absolutely I hope so I mean that's the one of the things aside from meditation and you know exercise and someone's mind fitness so like their mind nutrition what are they information are they absorbing and how are they using their mind and their brain and you know working that out to the best of their ability uh sleep is one of the big pillars for us we're constantly (laughs) constantly schooling um our students on and holding them accountable to ensuring that they're getting great quality sleep not just lying in bed because a lot of the time when you push people they go well I go to bed at 9 30 and then mm. what time are you going to sleep and what are you doing in that time that you're in bed and you know it's like I'll watch it actually Netflix till yeah. 4 past 11 um so it's it's all those kind of things it just takes a level of education and accountability and awareness and and checking in you know do I feel rested do I not feel rested do I need to go a little bit easier on myself today because I'm, I didn't get good quality sleep or is today a high productivity day because I feel like I got a lot of sleep? You know, they're, they're the sort of questions I'm always asking. Yes. And before we, we move forward, I've got so many questions, but can you just give um, our listeners a bit of background on the Broad Place for people that aren't aware of um, who you are and what you do? Oh, absolutely. So we call the Broad Place a school and we focus on three areas, which are creativity, clarity, and consciousness. And that's an exploration and an enhancement of those three areas. And in effect, I'm a teacher. Um, my husband and I joke on the principal of the school, but um, <laughs> I'm in effect a teacher. So I am either teaching individuals, uh, an integrated meditation practice, or I'm teaching, I'm doing mentoring with them around their creativity and their clarity. So it's similar to coaching. Um, and then we host retreats and I do a lot of corporate workplace work uh, with teams, particularly at the moment with what's happening with uh, COVID around boundary setting and, you know, this work-life harmony because a lot of people are still working from home um, and creating the right kinds of structures. It's funnily, sleep is something I'm always hammering them as well, yes. <laughs> um, creating the right kind of structures. And and then I'm also I'm an author, so I've written three books, and I write a daily letter um, that goes out to an audience globally. And then that's just my creative sort of work life. And then there's all the other things I do in my personal life. My mom, I'm a wife, I'm a, dog, a neurotic dog owner. We have a we keep rescuing old senior dogs uh, that are on their last legs and sort of reviving them back to life and giving them their last little golden years. I have seen I have seen your dogs on your Instagram. I, I love that. I have an obsession. Um, yes, you you do have an obsession. I love it. It's beautiful. Well, you're very you're obviously very busy. Um, but you know what I love from what I see of what I follow from you is that you definitely try to maintain your some balance in in what you do. Um, and I know that meditation 
and and your overall practice of you know I know that you do lots of practices in in different ways um, plays a really big pivotal role in that and that's what I'd love to share today is how do you think you know lots of people have different views on meditation people have tried it it doesn't work I know that there are many different forms of meditation but what is it that you think you know for the listeners that are listening that are struggling with sleep how can meditation help them um, before I answer that, can I circle back around just really briefly because it's something that I think is really, really important. Um, before you said, which I, I absolutely am aligned with and agree with, that, you know, this idea of like I don't need to survive on a lot of sleep, you know, the idea that like, you know, not getting enough sleep was a badge of honour. I also think the word busy is something that we can banish from our vernacular. So there's these kind of ideas that we're hyper-engaged and, and busy means like run off our feet. Um, and that also usually equates to the idea that we don't need to operate on a lot of sleep. So they're two things that I'm really interested in. Also, just when I have the opportunity of saying that, let's put down the word busy. We can say highly engaged or, um, you know, talk about sleep in a really positive way too. Um, but in regards to the meditation, the thing that I wish I was asked when I first started out when I was 18 was what do you want to get out of your practice? And because there's so many different styles of meditation until you get really clear on what would you like to be receiving? I.e. do you want to just get relaxation or do you want to just, you know, do you really want to dive into transforming your neural pathways and realigning your cellular body and looking at the nervous system? Do you want it to be more of a physical meditation or more of a mental meditation? There's, there's all these questions that need to be asked. And then also um, how much time realistically do you have to practice? Because for some people, they're like, oh, I want to do, you know, two, three hours a day and I want to do it really early in the morning and I'm there purely just for spiritual practice. So that's not something that I would necessarily be teaching with integrated meditation. So I think that's for listeners, that's the most important things to work out. Okay, what, what might I want out of my practice? And then finding a technique that aligns to it. So there's primarily three categories. So you've got your uh, contemplation techniques, which is where your guided meditations fall into, like your headspace and so forth. And you've got your concentration techniques where you're really focused. So you're sitting there and you might be chanting or you might be concentrating on the breath, but you're really trying to, you know, cut through the swathe of thoughts and focus on one thing. And then you have your transcendent techniques. I teach integrated meditation. It's in the transcendent category. It's a 20 minute twice a day practice. And it's very much, it's a bit different to other techniques because it's not necessarily about creating this beautiful, blissful experience when you meditate even though sometimes that might happen. It's more around creating a practice that enables you to release stress, tension, and fatigue, which is the stuff that's holding you back, and allow your mind to dive into those deeper states so it's not sort of caught in that frenetic top layer of the mind and allow it transcends into the deeper states so that when you open your eyes and you finish meditating, you're putting your best foot forward in the day. And one of my students did the math on it perfectly and uh, worked out that there's 72 blocks of 20 minutes in the day. And if you wow. meditate for your 20 minutes plus two minutes at the end, it's the equivalent of 3% of your day. And he, he, the way he rationalized it was, he goes, I'm, he was a trader. <laughs> so he, he's like, my ROI and in investing two of those blocks to enhance the other 70, yeah. i.e. I sleep better, I have more clarity, I'm more creative, compassionate. I have more emotional resilience and strength. That's a worthwhile investment in my time. Absolutely. And I'm always teaching students about this. Like don't like with this technique anyway, and I can only speak to this technique because there's so many types, but generally it's we're investing our energy, our attention in the meditation practice and we're harvesting it so that we see 
the benefits in the day. So, you know, because you, you practice, like students will say, I'm so much clearer, I'm stronger, I'm sleeping better, I feel better about myself, I feel more grounded. And that that's not really what they're feeling when they're closing their eyes to meditate, but that's who they how they feel in the day. And I think a lot of the time with techniques, we get really hung up on how should I feel when I meditate? And for anyone that says, because I hear this all the time, oh, I've tried meditation and I just don't like it, you probably just haven't found the right technique yet. You haven't yeah. found the right fit. Yes. Um, and if you have a really engaged mind and a really engaged life, finding a technique that's going to support you in that, like the one that I teach, like integrated meditation, is really, really helpful. Um, it'd be like going you know, to a Pilates instructor and being like, I want a big group class and I want to feel you know, pushed within the inch of my life. And, yeah. and then they put you through Pilates you know, and you're like, oh, I probably need a CrossFit. And then yeah. likewise, if you said, you know, I want something that's going to make me really you know, strong and really, you know, I want to really bulk up and you do go do yin yoga. Again, that's not going to be a good fit in that moment. So it's something that's not often discussed is finding a technique that's going to align to the life you live. Um, our students tend to be highly engaged, time poor, yeah, dynamic, uh, interested in leaning into the better version of themselves, but not necessarily in like a big whoop, 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 like, you know, <laughs> frantic kind of Tony Robbins way, just in like a more gentle, graceful, how do I every day evolve a little bit more actively rather than get dragged behind the bus of my life. And so we tend to, there's definitely, there's a lot of variance in the students in regards to age and demographic and so forth, but they're, they're generally all quite aligned to that. They don't necessarily want to make meditation in their life. They just need the technique that supports them in their life. And, and I also think when they do the broad place, if, if, you know, if that's where they come to, to learn their integrative meditation technique, there is the community and the support there as well. So, you know, you do feel that you've got that support when you might fall off the wagon and you need to come back to it. Um, I think that that's also the benefit. Yeah. And I think that we offer the ability to reset the course again for free at any time. And that's been really important for students. And that that's come from, I've learned so many things and studied so many things in the last couple of decades. And it was always sort of six months, three months, you know, a year down the track that I was like, now that I really understand this, God, I wish I could sit it again. (laughs) And then, you know, there's a fee. And so you sort of go, Oh, I won't. Um, and when it was something that we really want to ensure that when students have a wobble, because it's just a reality, you know, we don't have a lot of students that have just learned to meditate and five years later are still meditating 20 minutes twice a day without having had a wobble. We do have them, which always fascinates me because that wasn't my journey. But, you know, the majority, it's like anything in life where we go, I want to, I know this serves me. I know it's honoring my best self. It's eating well, hydrating, exercising, getting good quality sleep and enough sleep and meditating. But it's hard to get all those things happening at the same time. I think that's just part of being a human. So knowing that you can kind of dive back in and get your motivation and and get realigned, I think for for me as a teacher is really important to be able to help students. Yes. Yeah. And, and Jack, one of the things, um, you mentioned this before is you are a morning person. Um, and it's interesting cause you know, here at the good night co, we talk a lot about the fact that your sleep actually starts in the morning. So it's really important that you set your day, how you set your day can really impact your sleep at night and then how you travel throughout your day. So we break a lot of our products into categories, with, with good morning products, calm products to assist during the day, and then nighttime products and education. And I think that that's one of the things when we look at meditation, it can be one of those areas to help 
in the morning to really set the intention for the day around how you want to feel in that morning and then that's going to carry you through right through to your sleep. So maybe you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, what your morning routine looks like. I will, absolutely. And for anyone that's listening that thinks, I'm not a morning person. I really believe that anyone can become a morning person. My husband was the was the perfect example of that. When we met, he used to stay up really late. He also, around the time that we met, he had a he just won GQ Designer of the Year, so he had a fashion brand. Right. Um, and so he was doing a lot of work in Asia and was working, you know, so where we would might finish at say six, he was finishing at eight or nine uh, on those, those time zones. And then also he had a check produced a vodka brand that was globally distributed so he had to be on the phone at all these weird times and he just got into the habit of working really really late and then going to bed eating late going to bed late and then sleeping until about eight o'clock pouring himself out of bed and starting the day immediately and he now wakes up at about five so he's over the years he for someone that was adamant like no 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 I've always been a nighttime person he now goes to bed early and wakes up early um so I just I know that's the one thing I come up against I no I can't do it like that and your circadian rhythms are super malleable so you can absolutely realign them at any time my morning routine I've always been an early morning person I'm one of those really irritating people that loves to get up <laughs> really early and uh sees the day but over the years, what I've been learning to do is not just fling straight into the day, but actually start off a little bit slower. And my morning routine is, it always includes meditation. It always includes something hot to drink. I brush my teeth and I tongue scrape with a copper tongue scraper. I always stretch. And sometimes it involves taking the dog for a walk on the beach for sunrise. Um, and other times it involves doing yoga at home. But generally speaking, there's some sort of movement. There's always an integrated meditation sitting and it involves drinking something warm. So why do you it, drink something warm? I, I just always have. I love the, I don't like cold things. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a smoothie girl, but I do a traditional Zen tea ceremony, which you know goes for about an, half an hour, 45 minutes as part Beautiful. of my spiritual practice. I don't always have the time for that. Sometimes I do that later on in the day, but I always have, I try not to have coffee very first thing when waking, but I love a cup of tea in the morning yeah. um, or like a herbal coffee sort of you know, mix. Um, but I yeah, just, I've always had something warm. I find it stabilizes and grounds me and helps center me before I meditate. Yes. Um, and I also try where I can to read something. So I look at this like 15 minutes. Can I read and absorb something that's going to, so basically the meditation practice for me is stabilizing mind and body and then the reading something inspiring usually something spiritual but something maybe creative so I, like not the new york times or like the election news or pandemic updates but something completely removed from that that might be taoist or buddhist but something that's really going to nourish and inspire me for the day ahead and i look at that 15 percent. it's like you know 15 minutes sorry is one percent of my day it's like in the mornings i can just take one percent of my whole day in order to get my brain you know aligned to something yes. bigger um than the minutiae and then trying to see the sunrise where i can is really important um not always possible but but also really really important trying to you know just to get those circadian rhythms in flow and then moving on through that day, how do you feel that that supports you from an anxiety perspective, you know, with adrenaline and stress? Do, do you really, can you notice the difference? Because I can when, you know, when I really am dedicated to, to doing those things, I feel much calmer throughout the day and I feel that it can carry me right through to the evening. Is that what the science, you know, there's a lot of science that backs that research 
Uh, maybe you can explain that a bit more for people that are interested. Yeah, look, I, and I, I, I mean, I'll speak anecdotally because I don't have all the science on hand at the moment, but for myself and for all of our students, particularly those high-performance students, the hours that we take in the morning, we'll, we will get, like the return on that investment in regards to time is so enormous. And, you know, I run experiments with a lot of our students, um, particularly those that I'm private mentoring, which is like start your morning because, you know, everyone has a wobble, right? You're like, oh, this is such a waste of time. It's taking so much time. Like, I've got to seize the day and wake up, stretch, meditate, drink something warm, you know, do all these things. But when you do them versus when you don't do them, you really see that it's not – you can get through the day without them, but the quality of your day is just completely different. The quality of the output of the work you do, the communication, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about others is far more expanded and less contracted. So – um, students are always saying like, oh, my response is very different when I carve out that morning yes. routine. I'm much more like gentle on myself and others, but also strong. So I have boundaries. It's this beautiful, it's holding the dichotomies together. Yes. Um, so being you know, gentle and strong and being flexible, but also resilient. And the more I found the morning routine is just such an important piece of that puzzle. And, and also working with energy flows like I am very 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 good in the morning I'm very cognitive I'm super sharp I wane towards the evening yeah. and like late afternoon early evening I just I'm not at my best so I try not to schedule a lot of work and teaching in that time uh otherwise I'm taking a big gap between before then to sort of you know have a break and a rest so that I can recharge for the evening but I will very very I will, will never work through so I won't wake up in the morning start work and then still be working into the evening Yes. And, and one of those, you know, the other area is that when we, when we, you know, there are certain times in our week or month or life that we are going to feel extra pressure and stress. And, you know, I, I think one of the big things about both meditation and sleep and that how they connect really helps people with their recovery. So I, I think that one of the important things that we have to understand is that recovery time is really important for our mind our brain and our body and that if we can be a bit more intuitive and a bit more kind and gentle to ourselves and factor in some recovery time and you know that's sometimes where I look to the meditation as my recovery time to just recharge and um, not be so um, yang and a little bit more yin to to have that um, calmness throughout the day or the week or that stressful period Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Look, you know, I used to run a three-hat restaurant and an advertising agency and the mindset for me was very much like go, 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 you know, never pause, don't stop, push. And it took me a long time and a lot of training of, you know, Eastern modalities and working with a lot of teachers and then experimenting myself as well with what was working and what wasn't working to realize that a quantity over quality equation just doesn't make any sense. Um, and that recovery time I used to see is, you know, like frivolous or maybe I was being a bit of a wuss, if I'm honest. Like yeah. I would say, oh, God, you know, what a suck. You know? <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, I should just be like really strong and resilient and push through that. <laughs> and I didn't realize that strength and resilience is actually taking the time to really recuperate. I, someone, one of my students was telling me that I think it's James, uh, if it's LeBron, and uh, LeBron James, and he t- sleeps for – oh, I think it's 12 hours a night and a two-hour gap. In the, Like he has a two-hour nap and sleeps 12 hours a night. Wow. Because – and he sleeps at a particular – I think it's 20 degrees or something that I was like, yes. oh, that's kind of cold. Um, 
But he basically, you know, it's at half over half the day for rest and recuperation because otherwise, as he says, like he will not have the strength he needs during the day and to do the things he needs to do. And I just thought that was, you know, for a normal person, you'd think, oh, that's so extreme. And obviously he's, you know, subhuman. But there, it's like we all, like taking a leaf out of that book of if I want to be at my most dynamic in my on time, what's my off time going to look like? That took a lot of training for me to start to work out. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And Jack, before we finish, I just wanted to um, talk, talk to you a little bit about some of the offerings that the Broad Place do offer um, for anybody that might be interested in thinking about, you know, restarting or starting a meditation practice. Because I know that you have lots of courses, you, ha- you also offer retreats, um, mm-hmm. and I think you've got a book coming out. Yeah. So um, it's just, just come out uh, this week. So oh, it's called High Grade Living. Thank you. And it's high-grade living, and that's in conjunction with Timson Hudson. And you can buy that at any retailer and also online and also through our website. Um, the thing that I would offer for anyone that's interested in starting their meditation journey, if you jump on our website, we've got a couple of instructional like videos that you can find out more. And also I do introductory calls with anyone that's actually really, really keen to learn some more. But you can learn with us online now. That's one of the silver linings of COVID is we teach the practice online. So anyone can learn from anywhere in the world now, which has just been enormously uh, beneficial. And so it's a couple of sessions over a couple of days, and then you independently can practice meditation with follow-up and support from us. Um, we do two retreats. We've got one in February and one in March 2021 in Byron Bay uh, happening next year. And also we do a brilliant, for anyone that's sort of thinking, oh, I'd love to lean into this philosophy and accountability and have community. Um, we run a program called the Dojo, which is an online uh, monthly meetup basically, which is done online. And students from all over the world click in and I run a workshop for 90 minutes centered around a topic and then we extrapolate that over the month. And so there's, you know, it's interactive and you learn lots of tools and how to reframe various parts of your life. And that's something I'd really recommend as well. That information's on our website. Fabulous. Yes, I have looked into that and I think that, you know, your website, there is so much information and there are lots of um, offerings for all all types of people wherever they're at. Um, so I would highly recommend for anybody to jump on and explore if that's what they're looking for because I definitely think that, you know, there is such a need for people to calm their mind and, um, you know, I, I look at the meditation practice similarly, similarly to sleep is that really what we need to be doing is encouraging this routine of commitment to some sort of practice and whether that's a meditation practice, um, you know, even the mindfulness throughout the day to help calm our minds and then our sleep routine and our preparation to prepare ourselves for sleep. It just makes such a difference for our overall wellness and well-being and how we, how we feel and that strength that you talked about before being able to, to tackle everything during the day that, that's thrown at us. Yeah, and discipline's not necessarily sexy, is it? <laughs> like, having discipline takes sometimes an enormous amount of energy and, you know, telling our ego to be quiet while we, like, go about that discipline. It's not something that's, like, fun and frivolous and exciting and spontaneous. Discipline can take a bit of work, but for me, the output of the discipline of having the steady sleep and the meditation practice is that we're more vibrant and we're more creative and we're more dynamic and we're happier and more joyful, and that's the payoff so it's like you know had to have one 
dis- it takes discipline. And so therefore the motivation to, and you know, sometimes for our students is they don't want to feel it's a running away from, which is fine. It's like, I don't want to feel anxious anymore. I don't want to feel exhausted. I don't want to feel stressed. So they learn to meditate. And for other students, it's a leaning into, they're like, I want to feel even more emotionally resilient and dynamic. And I feel like I'm tapping into something that I want to concentrate on more. So um, there's a huge plethora of ways we can come at a good meditation practice and a, and a good sleep routine. Um, but the output of that is always undeniably brilliant. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that it can, it, you, one of the things that we try really hard to not make people feel is overwhelmed. You know, there's so many courses and diets and fitness programs and all of these things that are available um, now for everybody, but it's, it's just about simplifying it. And I, the thing that I love the most about what you offer with your meditation practice is that whilst the, the strong recommendation is to do the two 20 minute practices a day, I feel, I still feel really good. Even if I can commit to doing one, you know, I know that the benefit, I have felt the difference in the benefit of, of doing two, but even having that one practice just really makes a difference and having, and feeling armed that you have that, that tool, I guess, in your toolkit. Definitely. And we also say to students, you know, you can do 10 to 20 minutes. So sometimes, you know, you only have 12 minutes and that's fine. That's what you can meditate with. I I think the most amazing thing about the practice and why people tend to do it more than, you know, we hear that all the time, like, why is this one sticking? I think it's because you can do it anywhere. You have back support. So you're not uncomfortable and you can do it sitting in your car or you can do it on the plane or you can do it sitting in your lounge room. It doesn't have to be like a special meditation cushion is incredibly flexible and fits in with our modern lives. And I'm big on the flexibility around the practice, as you know. <laughs> we sure we, we aim for 20 minutes twice a day and then we work backwards from there given the day. And it's yeah. just another invitation for us to be more kinder and compassionate to ourselves when we don't do necessarily the full practice. But the resilience around it is built, I think, through that adaptability. Love it. Oh, Jack, thanks so much for um, being with us today. I, I've really enjoyed um, chatting with you and I could talk for so, so much longer but I'm really conscious um, of everybody's time and um, I wish you so much luck with your book I'm so happy to hear that it's actually out now so definitely we'll be grabbing a copy and um, we would love to you know connect again potentially next year and see see where you're at uh, in your journey in 2021 that sounds wonderful thank you so much for your time thanks Jack Thank you for listening to The Good Night Show. If you're keen to learn more about our guests or any of the topics we've spoken about today, hop on over to the Goodnight Co. closed Facebook community group or check us out at thegoodnightco.com.au. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider by searching The Goodnight Show. And if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks, everyone.